It's time to dive in the dirty waters of film criticism. Tricycle Radio presents The Movie Wave with Sergio Calvo. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of The Movie Wave. I am Sergio Calvo, Motion Arts Feature Editor of Tricycle Magazine. Uh, I am here at the Edinburgh International Film Festival with our regulars, film critics, George Sully and Susanna Martin. How are you doing, guys? Hey, hey. Hi there. And uh, this is a special episode because we're going to listen to some of the highlights of our uh, EIFF diary. You can listen to all the audio commentaries fully at uh, tricycle.co.uk. Um, are we ready, George and Susanna? Ready. Absolutely. This is going to be a roller coaster ride. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> okay, let's go back in time, starting with day one. Okay, day one at the Edinburgh International Film Festival, and we're back here again at the Film House, at the cafe at the Film House, with Susanna Marchand and George Sully. We're going to do a little recollection of the films that we've seen today. Um, I managed to see two uh, very, very different films. They couldn't have been more different. One's a documentary and one was uh, a fictional piece. Uh, the first one this morning was produced by some uh, Australian filmmakers called Shut Up Little Man, an audio misadventure, um, which tells the story of uh, two students who move from Wisconsin to San Francisco. And they notice that their neighbors in their ramshackle apartment uh, argue very loudly and very abusively and they decide on a whim to record it just to uh, just to amuse themselves, and it turns into this cult phenomenon just through what is effectively viral uh, transmission. But back in the late 80s, early 90s, by um, a sort of a tape cassette tape network across America, and it turns into this this massive thing where people are creating comic books and play adaptations and films, and it just turns into something hilarious. And the documentary is I thought was very funny. It showed lots of um, Lots of clips from, from the uh, audio, and it was, it's all very, very funny. I'm laying in bed, and I hear, Shut up, little man. I'm not again. And then I heard the other voice. Shut your fucking mouth, cocksucker. Shut up, little man. You shut your fucking mouth, you queer cocksucker. First of all, I thought it was this one lunatic, like, talking to himself in the room, right? Then I understood, oh, there's two dudes in there, and they're fighting. It got a bit repetitive at times and was possibly a bit too long. I felt myself getting a bit restless towards the end, but um, other than that, I thought it was great. So I heard Mitch get up for work and I got up. Hey man, did you hear those guys fighting last night? You don't have a decent giggle in your. I am a decent. Shut up, little man. I'm a decent fucking. Shut up, little man. You are not. Shut up, little man. It was such an insight into something that I'd never even heard of that had such a cult following. Uh, do you get to see anything else? Um, yep, this afternoon I saw um, a French film called Our Day Will Come uh, and it was the uh, sort of feature film debut um, of a guy who's only directed music videos up until now, uh, Romain Gavras, and uh, it was very, very bizarre. It starts off quite si sincere and serious and it maintains that tone whilst becoming very tongue-in-cheek and if you've seen the music video to MIA's Born Free, um, wherein, in a sort of military situation, ginger people are rounded up and drafted <laughs> into the army. Uh, this film is very similar. There's a theme, a quite a strong theme, of ginger repression and oppression. And um, the main character is this uh, sort of um, high school um, student who uh, feels teased by his friends, by his family, and eventually um, lashes out against his mother and runs away and gets taken in by this um, racist, angry psychologist played by Vincent Cassel, who um, teaches him to be more aggressive and more assertive, and who's also ginger. And he starts to develop this sort of misguided cause about being ginger and about um, some kind of confused sexuality. It's all very, very bizarre, very surreal. There's some very surreal turns. Um, and it's Vincent Cassel playing Vincent Cassel? Um, no, this time he's playing a character called um, Patrick. Okay. Um, as opposed to La N, where he just played a guy called um, Vince. Is he any different from the characters he normally plays? Um, I mean, in a way, he was the way he's often typecast. He okay. was he was aggressive and, and angry, but I suppose a little bit more placid compared to compared to some of his more more violent roles. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was um, very entertaining, if if very surreal. It left me like feeling 
a little bit confused, a little bit disorientated by the end. They, sh they shave off their hair at one point and they wander around this hotel sort of naked. At one point he pees into a jacuzzi while a couple are in there. I mean, it was all very, very bizarre, but um, I don't know. I think I'd recommend it just, just for a bit of change of pace. It was a good, a good taste of the variety that this festival is definitely going to offer. So would it be your recommendation of the day? Would it be a Um Yes, I think so. Okay. Of the day, that's what I'd recommend, of the two that I saw. Day two at the Edinburgh International Film Festival. Uh, we're going to see what Susanna's been watching. Um, I went to see um, Cityscapes, which was basically a bunch of experimental shorts. Um, it was basically different cities um there was london new york prague uh, vienna um it was it was kind of experimental short about those cities and um well they varied in length like one was say half an hour and another one was three minutes uh, and um what i found out about myself in <laughs> during that um during that show was um, very, very moving and deep and I hope will stay with me forever. And that was um, experimental cinema is not for me. <laughs> it's, it's not um, for everyone. It's experimental. It might not be even for the, the, the maker. Um, I don't... I, the thing is, I can, I can totally see how somebody who is into that kind of stuff would be interested. Um, it's just... Uh, I need some sort of, um, and I'm not even saying a storyline per se. I'm just saying something to follow, you know, some sort of a line, some some something to keep me interested. Okay. No. Then I, I I probably you, you probably shouldn't be watching uh, the Tree of Life, the new Terence Malick film, which is not <laughs> it's not at the festival, by the way. I'm disappointed. I think it's the they reduced the budget for the for this year's festival. We don't we're not getting all these uh, Lars von Trier and Terence Malik and Almodovar films, but you know we 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 get to see some interesting uh, smaller films, which isn't isn't, isn't bad. Uh, so so uh, um, not for you. Yeah, I mean they were they, um, it was basically it was kind of. In in my eyes, it was it was kind of concentrating on the life of city, of a city, um, and kind of I think it showed cities as as kind of you know live beings in a way, but also um, some of those shorts were more about experimental than they were about movie. <laughs> Do you see what I'm trying to say? <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so it's uh, non-narrative cinema. If um, yeah, so for example, one of those, which is called Achtung, um, <coughs> Hello 35, it was three minutes, a three minute short um, about, um, I think, Vienna. And um, basically, it was, it was shot on a 35mm um, film. And it was, you know how in all the old films, especially, you would have this kind of shot of of um, the film that went too fast or too slow and you can see the the separate shots do you, do you know what I'm trying to say yeah yeah that was what the whole film was like so basically it was it was going too fast or too slow and you could see and and the camera angle was weird. Um, basically, it was, I think one or two shots of of certain buildings of Vienna, but it was all kind of as if it was shot on on a really old camera years ago, and there was some sort of a problem with the sound. So it was it was very mental, okay. I have to say. I think um, so. You you brought the problem with the sound to our our recording, apparently. <laughs> We, get, we can more or less understand what you're saying. We get, get the idea, uh, even though we, we hear you in a bit of a robotic way. But, yeah, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, get, 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 we've been watching very different things, apparently. Uh, yeah. I didn't get to see any film today, but I did get to see uh, the film that opened the film festival, 
which is called The Guard. Oh, yeah, how was it? And I, it was, I thought it was very good. Uh, the Guard is a, it's a new Irish comedy starring the actor uh, Brendan Gleeson that you're probably familiar with. Uh, he was in In Bruges. And uh, this film is very, very similar to In Bruges when it comes to humor and tone. Uh, in, in this film, uh, uh, Brendan Gleeson plays a sergeant of the Irish police. Uh, with, uh, in, in Ireland, they call it the Garda, in, in Gaelic, is the Garda. Yeah, he's a corrupt, uh, vulgar, and rude, and very incorrect, very racist sergeant. He, he hangs out with hookers, he drinks, takes drugs. And then he meets this American FBI agent, played by Don Siddle, and uh, they kind of join forces to get some international drug dealers. The victim's a John Doe. John Doe, is he? We're investigating the murder and the trafficking of over half a billion dollars worth of cocaine. The men involved in the trafficking are highly dangerous. And if... Yes, Sergeant. I thought only black lads are drug dealers. And Mexicans. Uh, as I say, the humor reminded me a lot of Fame Bruce. It's very rude and it's very Irish to the to the point that I really struggled to understand both the accent and the, the slang of uh, in the film. But the parts that I did understand were hilarious. And Brendan Gleeson is very, very good in it. He, he manages to make a very negative character, very charming and very likable. And what's most important, very, very funny. You ever been to the States? Yeah, once. Disney World. Well, you went when you were a kid with your family or something? No, no, this was last year. You went with a girlfriend? No, God, no. You went to Disney World by yourself? Yeah, great guess I was. Got me picture taken with Goofy and everything. He's my favorite, Goofy. And, and this was the opening night of the film festival. It was received very well by the audience. People laughed out loud all throughout the film and uh, the, it's, it's funny the film also reminded me of a Spanish uh, hit in the in the box office it's a film called Torrente which we, it was made years ago they, ma they made lots of sequels and in this film Santiago Segura famous Spanish actor plays a corrupt and racist police uh, officer and it's uh, also a t also a kind of a hero here uh, or an anti-hero in the guard, the character played by Don Cheadle says, uh, uh, referring to referring to Brenda Gleeson, I don't know if you are very, very dumb or very, very smart. And you, uh -huh. you need to see the film to find out. All right, so this is uh, day three at the Edinburgh International Film Festival. Uh, George and I, we're sitting at the the steps just in front of the film house actually uh, trying to digest what we just seen uh, which was a Israeli film called uh, how was it called again? Rabies. Rabies. It, had, it had an Israeli title I can't remember what it was but that's how it translates into English Right, well, what, what, what do you think of Rabies? Absolutely mad it was perfect sort of horror film uh, material it just you know a lot of gr gore a lot of gruesome violence a lot of jumpy moments I think it's it's safe to say that the plot was kind of wedged in it wasn't really uh, the f main focus of the film the focus was really just to, to scare you shitless and I think it did that very well um, it seemed that that people ended up killing each other for almost no reason they were just running around the woods stabbing and shooting and getting caught in traps are we, are we not giving away too much here um, I don't know may, may, I think that, that's that's you, probably you don't know if everyone dies well, well we, we, didn't, we didn't give everything away no no but, but, but people get mad yeah that people die it's a horror film yeah you know, it's safe to say that much, um, but it's it's just I don't know. I thought I was gripped. I I couldn't stop. Ten, like couldn't look away. It was great. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't too sure in the beginning. I thought it was going to be another one of these American style horror film when uh, they have like this easy scares, easy frights with the sound and the music. And I thought, oh no, it's going to be one of these films. But and then it was really surprised, and I actually really really liked this film. Yeah, I it, thought it, it was it wasn't formulaic at all. It was it was fantastic, and I, I like the fact that uh, explores a lot. like the film I saw this morning, the last circus. Both are quite similar in exploring 
uh, I would say those dark corners of the mind of the human mind and I think they do that this uh, here in a more in a, uh, in both films in an entertaining way and also the fact that explores uh, a, a few things like the way uh, human beings communicate to each other the inability to resolve uh, differences and uh, resolve problems and uh, what humans do when there is uh, tension and when there is this lack of communication and confrontation and it's definitely first I wasn't too sure about it but definitely there is a political allegory as well in the film and it's a uh, uh, I think it's pretty obvious uh, once you, you, you keep watching the film uh, it's a film that comes from Israel and uh, that's uh, that's what made the film even more interested adding another layer to the to the whole story uh, I don't know what you think about it. no definitely I agree I agree it was just um, it definitely wasn't your typical horror film it definitely kept you kept you guessing I didn't really know what was gonna happen next a lot of the time and it was just I don't know I, I thought it was great What other films have we been watching today? Um, well, because I knew I'd be seeing Rabies this afternoon, I thought I'd, I'd um, watch something gentler, just for a bit of contrast. So I saw um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's uh, directorial debut, um, Jack. Well, oh, I didn't know he was the director. Well, yeah, he, was, he was the director as well as being um, as well as being on the uh, uh, on the screen, um, and he plays this guy called Jack, who is a sort of um, uh, down and out, kind of a bit lonely, not quite depressed, but just enjoys the, the simpler things in life, listens to reggae and has a, a small job as a, a limousine's chauffeur and he starts to hit things up with this um, uh, friend of his called, called Connie who is a mutual friend um, of a married couple that he's good friends with and uh, what I thought was interesting about the film is that uh, his sort of burgeoning relationship with this girl um, is offset against his married couple's uh, his friends who are, who are married, their their kind of relationship and the way they've they've gone through these tough times and um, there's been infidelity there and so there's this contrast between the, the young new relationship and the old relationship and you get this this kind of contrast and and it just it created a lot of, a lot of tension but at the same time it was it was very easy to um, identify with and of course the the dialogue was fantastic um, uh, it was based on a on a play by uh, Bob Glaudini. And um, because you know we've got Hoffman at the helm, it was it was very tight dialogue. It was very um, very authentic, very genuine. I, I thought there was nothing forced or, or farcical about the characters and the way they interacted. My dad would gasp and twist his body, you know. And I thought he wants to get out of there, you know. So when I was alone with my dad, I told him it's okay to go. You don't have to stick around. Yeah. I told him I loved him. He was a great dad, and um, he was free to go to heaven. Yeah. Two days later, he woke up out of the coma. Fuck. Oh, that's... Oh, God. <laughs> woke up. <laughs> After three months. Fuck. He talked in a soft voice, you know? Huh? And I thought, oh, well, he's in a zombie state, you know, where you stay around because there's some unfinished business you're responsible for, you know, like taking care of my mom. Yeah, your mom, of course. He went back to be with her at Village Care Facility. You know, that's... God. Got up from a coma and went home. And then he fell down and hit his head in the hallway, and then he died. And I, I thought it was—I thought it was great, very, very um, uh, soft and gentle. And the, the the score was fantastic. There were some great bands um, playing in the, on the soundtrack, and a definite contrast to the film we just saw. Well, it's definitely uh, good to have Philip Seymour Hoffman in. Uh, he's, he's already an icon in American independent Absolutely, cinema. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, one of the other films I've seen today, it's, uh, it's another indie film, but it's actually a British indie film. And it was called Albatross. And uh, I thought it was a, re a really, f um, you know, a nice watch for a British comedy. Uh, uh, it was about this... Uh, writer actually from a German uh, origin writer and it is the actor who plays it is the same actor from the lives of others 
Oh, so it's, it's, it's got a very nice casting. You have uh, Julia Ormond, and then you have some newcomers. There is a 17-year-old girl who I think is a very promising talent. I, 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 I actually think it's going to be this girl, this actor is going to be absorbed by the studios, uh, by the big studios. Uh, we're, we're probably going to see her very soon in American blockbuster. She, she actually uh, takes the whole uh, protagonism in the film. He, he steals the show in the film. Wow. And uh, I thought it was a very, very good, a very entertaining film and a very uh, and, uh, nice, nice humor in it. And it, it reminded me a little bit of uh, uh, the tone. is a, a bit like a Little Miss Sunshine, but oh, wow. actually some of the themes are, uh, are uh, close to films like uh, American Beauty. On uh, how this girl turns out is a very charming girl, very kind of uh, rebellious girl, uh, uh, enters the life of this family, and uh, everyone loves her except Julia Ormond, and then kind of uh, things get complicated from then on, and uh, how entering the lives of people uh, of people and then stirring things up, uh, but really really interesting, and uh, I think it's gonna do well in the box office actually once it is released for the public. So, yeah, that was a nice watch. So, tell me about the Cliff House. I want to know everything. Hmm. There's not much to tell. I came over here to go to Cambridge. I saw a beautiful young actress in a touring play and whisked her away to the Cliff House just for the weekend. Wrote the book in Ignorance at 22. Struck gold. And now it hangs around my neck, taunting me with its success. Yeah, I meant the house. And like the actual building. Is it Victorian? <laughs> Another film we saw this morning was uh, The Last Circles. Uh, that's a film by the Basque director Alex de la Iglesia, who's made uh, lots of brilliant films like uh, The Day of the Beast. And it, it follows the same uh, kind of trend that this, uh, in, in, his, in his career he's been making this kind of uh, the dark comedy, black comedies, uh, very, very dark humor. It goes to very, very, very dark places with this film. And it, 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 it's kind of like the Spanish grindhouse, let's say. This is kind of a blend of, uh, actually, some parts of the film reminded me of uh, Tim Burton, but mostly uh, Robert Rodriguez kind of uh, horror action uh, black comedy. And uh, yeah, we recommend it uh, as, a, as a cult film, uh, although it is very flawed. It has a lot of problems, especially with the script and some of the uh, acting is uh, a bit uh, weak, we'd say. But apart of that, definitely entertaining and definitely uh, good, 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 enjoyable. Okay, so it's day four at the Edinburgh International Film Festival. Where we're here at the Teviot at the Loft Bar. So, what have you been watching lately, Susanna? Right, so apart from the uh, cityscapes about which we talked the last time, um, I also went to see um, Oliver Sacks' Tales of Music and the Brain, which is a documentary on um, human brain and um, the influence that music has on it. Okay. Or, um, not, not on the influence, but basically how it works. Um, it was... It was incredibly interesting. Um, okay. it, I don't know if you know about uh, Oliver Sacks. He's a. I, I never heard of Oliver okay, Sacks. Okay, well, he's a. I think he's a neuroscientist. But you, you can enlighten me here. Okay, I think he's a neuroscientist. I don't want to say something that is not true. He's a doctor anyway, and he's been writing and uh, he's been researching things and writing books for years and years. Have you ever seen the film Awakenings? Uh, yes, actually, I have seen that. It is based with on Robert De Niro. Exactly, yeah. it is based on his book. Okay. Um, and his research. So basically, um, Robin Williams was playing him in the film. Yeah, the doctor. Yes, exactly. So he's done a lot of research into brain, and he's always been interested in music as well. So that particular film, this documentary, is about is about music and and the brain. So he gives. He gives um, examples of of um, of men who who whose brains and behavior change because of music. So, for example, there is um, this guy whose name I can't remember um, who has a severe um, Tourette syndrome. So he has um, basically he he cannot function really um, because of uh, constant ticks. Mm -hmm. um, and he discovered that through drumming, like on 
drumming with like on drums that through drumming he can control them as in he can like he doesn't get rid of the ticks but he can channel them into the percussion so um, that was really fascinating and now he works as a therapist with groups of, of people with uh, Tourette syndrome uh, and so basically it just kind of helps him to calm them down to stop them yeah. uh, in a way um, did he call that uh, music musical therapy or something or music therapy I don't think it's the same thing. It's, it's a different thing. I think it, in in his case it was a different thing because the, the, um, it wasn't. You can't really cure Tourette's through music, but you can kind of channel. In his case, through percussion, not through music, but through percussion okay. of the rep repetitive movement. So he kind of channels the ticks into his hands, and yeah. he can. It's probably the vibrations have something to do with it as well. Maybe, but it's really fascinating because we found out that music was probably was probably invented before speech was. So music is so deeply ingrained in us, we don't even know it. And there is no particular center for music in your brain. Yeah. There is many different centers um, that have to do with recognizing rhythm, recognizing melody and so on. And there are people, it's very rare, but there are people who are, um, who have like a music equivalent of color, of like music blindness, color blindness. Mm -hmm. So they can't recognize melodies and it's, they, music can be irritating to them because it's noise. Like they can't really perceive what it is, like the way we, we do. It, it's, it's really fascinating. I, I really would recommend it. So did, did, did that film change the way you listen to music? <laughs> um... I don't think it changed the way I listen to music, but it definitely it, it definitely opened my eyes to some things, okay. and and how important music is in our lives, and we don't even realize that. So so I but I would definitely recommend it. There is not too much science. I would have loved more science, but yeah. there isn't much too much of it. It's just okay. kind of an interesting way of just portraying three separate individuals and how music influenced their brain or how their brain influenced music. Maybe less science to make it more accessible as Probably. well. Probably. So what's the title of the film again? <laughs> I haven't okay. written that. Oliver Sacks, The Tales of Music and the Brain. Yes, that's the one. That's a eye-opening film, <laughs> or I would say ear-opening film. <laughs> yes. What, what came first, music or language? Um, well, this has been argued for two and a half centuries and probably continue to be argued. Um, um, Darwin, who wrote quite a lot about music, uh, felt very strongly that music came first and that song uh, and dance were, were selected sexually for courtship and, uh, and that language followed. Uh, well, I've been watching, I, I went to see Troll Hunter and uh, yes. <laughs> here, here we are with trolls again. <laughs> The difference between Troll Hunter and Troll 2 is that in this one you do see trolls and they are very big trolls, giant trolls. It was a very entertaining, funny film. You can't take it too seriously, but it's basically a mix. Like if you blend together Cloverfield with Blair Witch Project and you put some uh, Scandinavian humor in it, that's why it is basically. Okay, it's day nine at the Edinburgh International Film Festival. So what have we been watching, Susanna? Well, um, I'll go uh, um, in like backwards. So today I didn't go see any films. I went to a um, press conference <coughs> uh, about... I went to a press Sorry. conference about um, uh, the, the, the film that's going to premiere, I think, this weekend called The Weekender. Mm-hmm. Um, it was basically they just um, um, organized a press conference um, and they're also going to have a little party. Um, um, that sounds pretty good, yeah? Try and, yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, by Carl Golden. Right. And it's about the um, rave scene of the 1990s. So basically warehouse parties with lots of drugs and... Um, um, but there's like there's a couple of two guys from Manchester who are in their early twenties and <coughs> they decide to kind of start. 
Sorry. Wow. Okay. Sorry, that's my cough. Uh, I let the listeners know, uh, if I don't know uh, from reading the, our diary, that I've been with a cough for the last few weeks. It doesn't seem to go away. So I'm going to try to control my cough for the next few <laughs> minutes. And uh, I apologize if there are some more coughs coming out. Uh, please continue, Susanna. <laughs> So basically those two guys are, are into the rave scene and, and they kind of start partying and then they become, a way, in a way, a business partners and they kind of organize their own parties and then it becomes more and more popular and and then they start being, being drawn into this dark and sinister world of that um, era. So um, it basically has this um, uh, totally ravish... Um, Uh, soundtrack that took ages to compile um, and um, is that techno music electronic rave music. <laughs> yeah um, the guys who compiled it basically at, at the press conference they said that well they didn't really apart from one instance they didn't really have problems getting rights to those <coughs> the, that music um, because they were looking through music of people who they knew they were they were nice and cool <laughs> so um So yeah, so that was the, the, the press conference I went to today. Um, the film sounds interesting. Um, I, it reminds me a bit too much of um, uh, human traffic. Even the creation of the universe kicked off with a four to the floor beat. Location undisclosed. You ready? Do you know how we can make some big boy dough, some proper money? What are you talking about? We're gonna hold our own rave! Are you tripping? Yeah, obviously, a little bit. Oh yes! This is the one! Um, the conference, though, was a bit disappointing, because I, I, I was really expecting because, quite because a lot Because there of was no techno music and there were no drugs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, no, I was expecting quite a lot of people, but there were maybe 15 journalists in there, right. 20. And and so I felt kind of sad because there was this 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 whole panel, three actors, the director, you know, the the music director and so on. basically they they were kind of I felt for them. I felt they were really lonely because there weren't that many questions. So yeah. I I thought, oh, this is so sad. <laughs> So, oh yeah, and so I've been, I've been, I've been kind of seeing films um, without really thinking. So I basically go to the cinema and just get a ticket for whatever was on, um, rather than choosing, you know, because I just wanted to get surprised. <laughs> so yeah, so I went to see the. Albatross this is probably the best way towards a film, where you don't know anything about it, just go for it and see what happens. Exactly. That it's, I think it's, yeah. it's in some ways it's sometimes it's really, yeah. really much better. But then I mean obviously you sometimes you know if you just want a nice relaxing evening then you definitely want to know what the film's about and it's not a horror or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, there was. I mean, I went in, uh, to see Albatross and Almania Welcome to Germany. Right. In one day, and um, yeah, I mean, I wrote to the the in the diary um, the uh, EIFF diary about it. Um, and they were both, they both surprised me because, I mean, I, I didn't really expect um, them to be so good. <laughs> so they definitely, they, they were definitely very good. Um, and and what do you think of Albatross? I know, Albatross. I, I know you liked it, but uh, what do you think of the performances? I, there is an actress in that film and her name <laughs> is, what was her name? Jessica Brown Finley, I can see it now. She's going to be the new Keita Knightley. No, it's not fair to say she's going to be the new Keita Knightley. She's going to be the new <laughs> Katie Mulligan. She acts, <laughs> you know, she's going to take over Hollywood. Oh my, you seem to really like her. <laughs> I, I, th I, I thought she was fantastic. I thought, I, I thought she was the best thing in the film. She was really, really good. They were And I think all the performances in the film were really good. But like, I think she was the one that uh, kind of uh, stole the scene. Maybe, I mean that was that was probably why they cast her. I yeah. mean they were all very good, but the teenage performances. I mean they were basically main characters, so they had to be very good actresses. Yeah. But the 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 thing with with her was that not only is she talented and she totally owned that performance, she's also really pretty, which just kills me. Because how many how how many good things can you have in your life? You know, beautiful and and talented. It's just 
oh. <laughs> so no, she definitely stole the show. She was very, very good, and um, I am definitely looking forward to to seeing her in something else. Oh, you're gonna see her in a hundred films from now on. You see that. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Sergio? What have you been watching? One film I went to see yesterday was The Divide. I, I read a little bit of the plot, and I was like, I read a couple of lines, and uh, I kind of liked the concept of it. Uh, there was like yes. this kind of uh, uh, apocalyptic, apocalyptic world where there is a war going on there, and these people hide in a bunker, and then uh, they basically their experience inside the bunker becomes more terrifying than I experience outside. And when I went to see yeah. the film, uh, thinking, oh, it might be something, this might be something that it's for me, you know? Uh, and uh, uh-huh. it, it, it wasn't at all. I did, I did, okay. I, I was, I was planning, to, I was going to leave in the first five, ten minutes and then I kind of pushed myself to stay longer thinking, oh, it no. might get better, it might get better, it never got better, it's actually, it's a really, really bad film, and it's a, very, oh, no. and it's not, oh, it's no. not I was surprised, it, it wasn't, it's, this is not a festival film, it was a pretty mainstream film, with this kind of young, pretty faces, uh, it, it was like an episode of one of these hundreds of hundreds of uh, TV series for uh, uh, teenagers that you see on uh, TV, and uh, the performances were very poor, and the, the dialogues were really stupid. I like I like the concept. I like the whole idea of the film, but uh, it was uh, the way the way it was executed. It was really poor. Okay, it's day ten at the Edinburgh International Film Festival. I'm here with George Sully, and we're going to be talking about the films that we've been watching lately. So, what have you been watching lately? Uh, well, yesterday morning I managed to catch an early showing of Page Eight a new political thriller starring Bill Nye, Rachel Weisz, Michael Gambon and Ray Fiennes and uh, I thought it was um, really really good actually, I thought it was one of, one of the highlights so far for the, for the festival for me um, fantastically written, um, really tense, um, really kind of slick but uh, without being kind of over the top or, or kind of Americanized, it was nice and British, nice reminiscent of Spooks, um, BBC's espionage series um, but without um, high-octane action, it was just um, very cerebral. It was like a cerebral version of Spooks, in a way. Um, and uh, it had a kind of jazzy, film noir feel to it, without without being um, dated. It, it felt very current and up to the minute. And uh, I thought it was just very exciting. Uh, it kept you guessing, and uh, from start to finish, I, I, was, I was pretty hooked. I've called the two of you together. I want to share a source. You're going to want to talk to me when you've read it properly. I was hoping you could help me with an inquiry. She's called Nancy Pierpont. Why do you imagine Benedict gave me the file? Dad, they're looking for you. Johnny, you need to watch out. What was his plan then? Bring down the government? You have to choose sides one day, you know? Remember, people get killed in the middle of the road. It's the girl. They're doing this for the girl. So, that was, uh, that was good. And, uh... I also saw Stormhouse a couple of days ago, um, which was a British um, supernatural sci-fi uh, thriller, and it was absolutely dire. Possibly one of the worst films I've seen right. at the festival. It won't um, be as bad as uh, The Divide. Um, well, I don't know. I didn't manage to see The Divide, but uh, I mean, was that was that any, any good? It was horrible. <laughs> I th- I thought it was the worst film at the festival, but may- maybe maybe yours is the worst one. I don't know. Well, we I think I think we both need to see um, the other film of the, of the pair. So I need to see The Divide, and you need to see Stormhouse. It was honestly so so bad. It felt like a school play. The dialogue was wooden. The acting was appallingly amateur. Um, there was no real tension. It exploited uh, loud, sudden noises to make the audience jump. About about half of the audience walked out uh, gradually at, at one point or another. There were people getting up and leaving. It was right. it was so bad, and there were people laughing at bits that definitely weren't right. intended to be comedy. Okay, okay, because at my film, no one was leaving. I was the only one who left. I left uh, 30 minutes in, so. Yours must be must be worse than mine. I, I think so. I mean, I stuck to it just because I'm I'm fairly stubborn and want to want to give these films a chance. And I thought, you know, there, there must be a way for for it to be salvaged. And 
I think the most exciting part was probably the, the opening minute, and then beyond that, it just went downhill and just got worse and worse. But I stuck out to the end just to see, and it disappointed. Yeah, no, 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 all the all the films of the festival are good, then, you know. Yeah, sometimes people assume that all the films are going to be good, but they, they, you can get bad films as well. Absolutely. I mean, just because it's showing at a festival doesn't mean that it's going to be everyone's cup of tea or necessarily a good film. It's just a chance to to show and share and experience all these different things. And I think the greatest thing about the festival has been the variety. Not just in quality, but also in, in theme and topic and format and all these kind of things. You know, seeing all these documentaries and perspectives and um, serious films and comedies. And it's just been a great, a great kind of um, sampling of the whole spectrum of cinema. Right. Uh, today I went to see a film called Between Two Fires. And this is a film from a, it's a, a European co-production, actually. It's a co-production between Sweden and Poland. And basically it starts in Belarus when this woman is taking uh, her daughter away from a prostitution. She runs away to uh, this refugee camp in uh, Sweden, and uh, it looks to be safer. But then, as soon as he gets there, it looks probably more scarier than the actual place where she was escaping from. I, I don't know. I like part, I like bits of the film. I thought some bits of the film were quite um, effective and they were quite quite well done. I had some problems with the performances. I, I think some of the acting was a bit amateur, and uh, there were some actors that didn't look too professional. I think the main actress is pretty good, but part of that, I, I didn't think a lot of the performances were believable. But part of that, I think it was quite a strong, serious film, and uh, probably a, a bit of a bit political as well as it does a commentary about uh, immigration politics in Sweden. And uh, in that sense, it was interesting. Hello, Marta. I'm sorry. Do you believe your reasons are not sufficient? Do we have to go home? Mom, you promised they let us stay. You promised. Okay, it's day 12 uh, uh, here at the Edinburgh International Film Festival, actually the last day of the Edinburgh International Film Festival. Uh, what have we been watching today? Um, I saw something yesterday that I haven't had a chance to talk about. Um, it was um, The Pervert's Guide to <coughs> Cinema. Right. It's a film from 2006, so I mean it's not, a, you know, it's not a very recent release. Um, and it sounded really interesting, but I just, I, it was, it was hard, it was oh, really? hard, it was hard work because, um, basically it's, um, it's like a psychological take on, um, on some of the most important films in cinema. Right. And so basically they go, um, what was the guy's name? Sorry, Slavoj Žižek. He's, um... Um, philosopher, I think, and psychologist. They call, they call it the rock star of philosophy. Okay, well, they can say that. Um, <laughs> and um, basically, with a, with a very strong uh, Eastern accent. You see that? I think that was what killed me because the film is two hours long, and his accent is so strong. I had, <laughs> I, I really had troubles. Concentrating on what he was saying. Where, where, where in Eastern Europe is he from? Is that? I, I, he, he's not. He's Czech name, Republic. Or, I think yeah. it sounds Czech, but I mean, I, he's English is very good. It's just his yeah. pronunciation is horrendous. Yeah. It's like he learned it from book, yeah. and he never actually heard no real anyone. So the word stalker, like there was a film Stalker, right? Yeah. He, he, he would say stalkers, right? Yeah. And, and for me, not, not even stalkers, he would say stalkers, which <laughs> is... I, I love his accent, actually. <laughs> I, I find it really funny. I'd imagine two hours would, would great. It'd be like having a lecture. And yeah. having, you know, when you, at university, when you have a lecturer who's, yeah. whose accent isn't quite right and you have to endure it and you have to be listening to what he's saying because you're going to have an exam on that. But you just can't, you can't put up with it. It grates. <laughs> I, I always tend to like these accents because uh, my accent is quite strong as well. And... Uh, I find that the way that some Eastern Europeans speak is pretty close to the way we pronounce things as well. So it makes it so much easier for me. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not mocking or anything. It's just it made it hard. Yeah, it yeah. really made it hard. So if he wrote it and somebody else read it, it would, it would have been so much easier. I, I actually had to. I, I no, it, ha it was really hard. Um, and the other thing is that it was just overly... 
overly psychological. Over analytical, maybe. <laughs> I think so, yeah. I mean, he was analyzing films like um, uh, Psycho. Yeah. Right? Right. And so he was like uh, saying that the house in Psycho is divided into three parts. Yeah. The, the ground floor, the the sec first floor, and then yeah. the, the basement or whatever. And so the ground floor is where he's normal. The second floor is where he it's it's his it is his yes. super percent. And then the the, the basement is okay. his kind, kind. And I thought literally yeah. literally psychoanalysis. Literally. <laughs> All right. I, I was I was waiting for you to mention Freud there. <laughs> he mentions him all the time, all the time. The word phallus, I think, was mentioned. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, oh my goodness, yes. Um, it, it was really, really. Like, I mean, seriously, if do you really think when people write films, you know, when they have an idea, oh, a good idea about recycle, a great film, right? Do you really think that they write it with this thought in mind? Oh, okay, so this is going. To yeah, be but that's meant to be subconscious. Psyche. Yeah. The, the whole Freudian argument is that it is that it's un you know it's the undertow it's not not yeah. what's what's but then that means it's almost unfalsifiable you just be like ah oh, but they're not conscious of it therefore we can't prove it or disprove it. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I, it was it was I mean documentaries about films I find you know obviously because I love films so for me it's awesome but that was just too much that was overly analytical it was just too hard right. for me just just watching somebody ruin the films that I love and yeah, I've watched, yeah. you know, so that's not what I thought about when yeah. I watched it, this is not what it is, it's just, it was too hard, I mean, it, it was, well, some people might find it more fun to watch them, if you watch them in that way, I think, I think students of psychology, yeah. um, would probably find it fascinating yeah. to watch, um, if somebody just is interested in cinema, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know, I don't think from, so, from the cinematic it, point of view, it was, it was, it was good to see it right. once, um, but I, I, I think for somebody who just is interested in cinema, um, how it's made, and it, it just it wasn't really something okay. that I'd, I'd recommend. Okay. Okay. The problem for us is not are our desires satisfied or not. The problem is how do we know what we desire. There is nothing spontaneous, nothing natural about human desires. Our desires are artificial. We have to be taught to desire. Cinema is the ultimate pervert art. It doesn't give you what you desire. It tells you how to desire. I haven't seen any film yet, do they? Oh, actually, I tell a lie. I only say this because it wasn't mentioned in the programme, but I did get to see the premiere of The Lion King done in, redone in 3D. Yes. Right. How was that? It was actually incredible. I mean, I knew it was going to be good because The Lion King is one of those firm Disney yeah. classics, but it was great to see it on the big screen again, first okay. and foremost. Like, it's been you know a long time since it was probably in cinema. It's a good decade and a half at least. Daddy died. Uh, I, I, I'm 22 years old. So, <laughs> so yes. Uh, obviously, M Mufasa's passing is one of the saddest moments in animated film history. You know, it was obviously absolutely gorgeous, a real cornerstone of, of um, animation. And obviously, with it with it done up in 3D, it was this extra depth and, and, and classic. But what was nice about the whole um, afternoon is that it was um, preceded by a performance of The Circle of Life from the musical um, by the woman who plays Rafiki in the, in the stage show. So that was quite nice. And then they played a trailer of a new Pixar film that's set in Scotland called oh, Brave that looks very, very nice, aesthetically gorgeous, as Pixar always is. Um, and it looks like it should be very exciting, very oh. classic, historical, Highland-y kind of looking film. So that was cool. 
Excellent. Well, I wanted to see the Lion King on 3D, but it, it happened to be at the same time that they were screening the film The Green Wave, which is another animated film, or partly animated film, that I'm going to talk about in a minute. So how was the festival experience for you guys? Um, absolutely brilliant. I mean, in some ways I'm sad it's over, but at the same time it's been very intense, very exhausting. Yeah. It's, it's nice for it to come to an end and we can sit back and, and reflect. I think the greatest thing for me has just been the sheer variety of stuff. I've said that in nearly every um, audio blog and, and written blog I've made, is that the variety is what's impressed me most. And it's just been great to sort of sample a whole range of different things, from, from documentaries to comedies to horrors to, to thrillers. You know, things, things that are good, things that are bad, things that have tried stuff that's new, things that have, um, you know, gone back to the old techniques. And it's all been just a great mix of stuff. If you had to pick up one title. One title? The first thing that leaves to mind is Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter. But you have to be. The, I mean, there, there have been some other favourites. I particularly like Page Eight. Yeah. I liked Rabies, the Israeli horror film. I thought, it that, was awesome. I thought that was it great. Was really um, I also like Shut Up Little Man. I thought that was yeah. very funny. And Life in Movement, which I now remember is now directed by the same guy who did Shut Up Little Man. Oh, really? And Life in Movement, done by the same person, yeah. Um, they were both both a great pair of documentaries. Um, but, yeah, those... That's those... not really one, is it? <laughs> no, no, it isn't. It isn't. But, I, tro- I'll, I'll, but I'll stick with Troll Hunter. Your, your, your top one is Troll yeah. Hunter. I'm actually very disappointed too because one of the disapp- my disappointments at the festival was the fact that I wanted to interview the director of uh, Troll Hunter. We tried really hard. You got a poster? I got I got the poster. <laughs> at, at least I got the poster, and uh, I tried really hard. I mean, lots of phone calls, lots of emails. It never happened. But uh, we haven't given up yet. So we might we might keep trying. We might keep trying, and it might happen sometime in the future. Um, your festival experience, Susanna. I can't really follow George now because he said it all. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. No, um, I I've had lots of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, Obviously, you know there are there are things that I ha- I haven't enjoyed that much, but then that adds to the whole experience, I think. So, um, and I got to see films for free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I got to yeah, I got to watch films. I got to write about films, and then I got to talk about films, and then I got to talk about films with a film director and a writer. So I think. All in all, an awesome experience. Yeah, win-win. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you were there in the cinematic world. Uh, if you have to pick one title, which one would be? Would it be? Just one, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I'd say. Okay, I'm in two minds. It would be either Almania, Welcome to Germany. That was very funny. I'd right. Yeah. yeah. No, very good, very good. A bit, a bit kind of Little Miss Sunshine, but more sort of to do with uh, patriotism and, and, you know, it's homeland. Sad, it's sad. More European. Yeah. Sad yeah, and funny, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it, when I read about it, it kind of read like uh, something that was so... Oh, where is my identity? People yeah. looking for their identity. And yeah. films like that very often are very boring. Yes. So yes. I, I kind of, I, I dreaded going to see that, but it turned out to be really, yeah. really great. Awesome. So I really enjoyed it. Um, so either that or The Caller. Um, I don't know, one or the other. They were both really, really good. Right, and I, we actually have here the list of the winners of the Edinburgh International Film Festival. The best international feature uh, was... The Last Circus by Alex Leglesia, the Basque director, and it's a film that I commented on in the in the diary. Isn't that the film that you said uh, they messed up the subtitles and in yeah. the end people yeah. couldn't understand what it was yeah. apart from you because you speak the yeah, language? They, 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 gave, they gave me the prize even though they didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I did understand what was going on. I, I don't think it was uh, the best film at the festival, although it was really, really interesting. Really, really interesting. Uh, the best UK UK feature, Perfect Sense, by David Mackenzie. You don't agree, then. I, I, you disagree. I, don't, I disagree completely. Yeah. But, I mean, right. that's what awards are always about. I mean, it had, you know, it had a good cast. And I, like I say in my review, the, the concept yeah. was brilliant. A really interesting thought experiment. But... They just, they just didn't it's it a off. mistake it just didn't it didn't <laughs> act well enough in my right. in my humble amateur opinion so maybe it, I'm wrong maybe because it was a Scottish film maybe yeah. Yeah. it was set in Glasgow maybe yeah. that's that's uh, homegrown yeah. you know I had to support their, their own yeah. their own films who knows uh, best documentary film I think you're going to be against this one as well yeah. Project Nim by James Marsh again I, I wasn't too pleased <laughs> with this one but 
hey, you know, it was it definitely was it was interesting. It just wasn't what it should have been, if that makes sense. Right. Given given the topic, I think they should have dealt with it in a different way. But and definitely not as good as Man on Wire, as you said. Uh, no, God, no, no, no. It's uh, not not a strong follow yeah. follow up to that at all. Right. Uh, best newcomer. Uh, sorry, best newcomer actor Trond Nielsen. I think it's a Norwegian film. Uh, King of the Devil's Island, and uh, it's part of the part of the cast is uh, this actor Tor Nielsen got really the prize. Wanted to see that, but I didn't, get I didn't have time. No, because no. it has Stellan Skarsgård in it, um, and I really wanted to see it. But, but um. like he's he's back in Norway then because he's been making American films for a long time. Yeah, well, clearly, clearly. Right. My favorite film of the film festival was The Green Wave. Yeah. Uh, and it's a film about the 2009 Islamic presidential elections in Iran, where. Contrary to all expectations, the uh, conservative Mahmoud Ahmadinejad <laughs> was reconfirming office. Uh, well, it was obvious that uh, the results uh, had been uh, manipulated and people took the streets to, uh, to protest. Uh, it's a very emotional film that made me both very sad and very, very angry. And it's also an important film because uh, in a time now where people are taking action and uh, stand up uh, against dictators and fight for justice, freedom and for democracy. This, this is an important film to, to make. My father always said we are part of a nation that has been searching for its lost voice for 150 years. And he said we've come quite close, we just have to reach out and we'll regain it. His generation often tried, but failed time after time. Then, it was our turn to try our luck. And for a few weeks, we had the feeling of being as close to our target as never before. Today, when I see the blood-smeared walls, I fear that once again it was nothing more than just an illusion. Uh, at the end of the screening, I had to, uh, I had to approach the director of the film, Alisa Ali Sadmadi Ahadi. And I con congratulated him for making such a powerful film. I, uh, I was really, really touched by, by the film. Uh, by the way, green is the color of hope. And it's also the color of Islam. It's something I learned watching the, this film. It's good when you, watch, when you learn things when you're watching films. It is good, yeah. Uh, well, it was a great festival. Uh, I laughed, I cried, and uh, I, co I coughed. <laughs> yes, you did. I, I think I coughed quite a lot, yes, actually. <laughs> Well, I would like to thank uh, first uh, George Juliet and Susanna Martin for the great work and uh, commitment during this uh, festival. Uh, I would also like to thank our festival photographer Simon Tong for his great work. Uh, let's not forget Chris Purnell for his great articles, uh, even though you disagree with uh, his uh, his hey, choices. Hey, what's, what, what is cinema but a place to debate? You know? Exactly. <laughs> And uh, photographer Lisa Burnell for her fantastic photos. Both of them helped us with this EIFF special coverage. Of course, I'd like to thank our publisher and founder of Tricycle Magazine, Danny Jackson, for his, for his support. And uh, this is it for episode uh, 10 of the Movie Wave. You can read our uh, EIFF diary at tricycle.co.uk, where you can also find more interviews and film reviews, and where you can find, you can get a copy of Tricycle Magazine. Uh, delivered to you uh, to your door whether you live in uh, LA Manchester Santiago Brisbane Cork or anywhere in the world <laughs> the Tricycle Magazine is not responsible for the content of this program and all opinions and views expressed on the show are solely of the individuals thanks very much for listening we'll be surfing the wave soon <laughs> dramatic pause This podcast is a production of Calvinet Entertainment for Tricycle Magazine. 
Find out more at tricycle.co.uk. That's T-R-I-S-I-C-K-L-E dot co dot UK. Uh, Christian Swanikin, oh. am I pronouncing it right? Yeah, perfect. Uhatemeyao? Uh, oh, oh, my Dutch is not very good. <laughs> mm. Do you say, say Uhatemeyao? Like, uh, yeah, how are you? you? Have, the, the G is hard, the G is difficult. Uhatemeyao. Shut up, little man.